This week on Dice Boys. Is that like is that like a solo mission? Just curious. Alright, cool. I'll put my foot on that planet. <laughs> what? The fuck? I have never Dude. heard anybody say that. Put my yeah, it's a pretty good came up planet. With it. Jeez. Did you really? Yeah. Damn, dude, that that's brain tank is good. Shit. Really, that's really good, Brett. I mean, I am definitely stealing that from you. All right, yeah. I'll put oh my, foot on my that god, that's amazing. <laughs> Me too, wow. man. Um. Okay, I'm ready to get into it. If you guys are ready, I thought maybe that was a Toy Story reference because, like, Pizza Planet was like the pizza place there. <laughs> no, nah, I just watched First Man like a week ago, so that's that new <laughs> Armstrong movie. Okay, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> oh, cool. Good. Good, yeah. I thought it was yeah. about the biblical like Adam. Biblical and Adam yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just a stirring or biopic like, of Adam. Or like a president, you know, like first. Walking around or just like shit. A, Or just like a kind of monkey man, you know, evolution. You oh, pepper yeah, it in there, First man. That was like, hearing that just happen was like watching a semi get jackknifed <laughs> on the fucking expressway, dude. Like, Blake's like, you guys ready to go? And then you guys are just like... <laughs> Like fucking Fast and Furious dragging a safe through the fucking. <laughs> We're stealing Fast all this oil. <laughs> that was awesome. It's the best Fast movie, by the way. Is it? Yeah. Oh, oh fuck yeah. Fast Five. That's yeah. ended. All right. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It don't that movie kicks ass. I yeah. love The Rock. Saw that movie in the he theater. A, Who does oh, love yeah. The Rock? He's, He's the fucking people's champ, champ dude. Loving The Rock. For I love Dwayne Dwayne Johnson. He's been the people's champ. Yeah. My baby Dwayne, dude. Yeah, he's the in shit. and out of the ring. He's amazing. In and out. Yeah, standing, fucking. And little known fact, I I learned this from reading one of Nicole's woman magazines while taking a shit. Uh, right on. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson suffers from uh, severe anxiety. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. He also loves karaoke. It's like he's a real person. Yeah, almost. Those things, <laughs> those things yeah, don't seem to mix. I, I was karaoke and anxiety. Yeah, dude, it's like a, it's like a, it's Face like jumping fear, in man. a cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, jumping in a bunch of cold water. Yeah, it's, it's polar bear club, but so many achievements. Yeah. You know exactly. What's your favorite rock movie, Trevor? All right, no, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I really. <laughs> One thing though, the, the here's the dystopian future. That, oh God. <laughs> Here's the dystopian future that I would sign up for is we're, you know, now the rock Dwayne, the rock Johnson has a reality TV show where you can pay money for him to, um, just like rock bottom somebody in public, just rock bottom the shit out of him and then give him the people's elbow and then just like dip out or whatever. And they, so they film it. So then you get like, you get the confessional from the person who, put the hit out on somebody and then like how much money they paid for the rock to go carry this out. And you get a little bit of backstory about like why, why? they're enemies yeah. and stuff like that. And then why it just cuts mortal to enemies just cuts to like drone shot of fucking Dwayne Johnson in a suit, just like fucking rolling up on somebody. Oh, hey, Dwayne, <laughs> what's up? Wait, what? Oh. <laughs> Putting the arm over his shoulder and just giving him the straight up rock bottom right there on the cement. <laughs> I would to credit so much money. <laughs> All so we're money. I would like watch. I would watch him episode. do that on the cement on the TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's All right. you know. Oh, so man. Trevor, do you have an answer? Can you give me like a top <laughs> two? <laughs> what's the What's the one uh, where you, 
Dude, he's like the same character in like every one that of those. That is not so, true. Yeah, not <laughs> it's wrong. So this is your favorite. No, you just no, said. the one. The one where like play. It's like that guy who like lived in a small town and like carry around like a piece of wood. And, Walking like, tall. Yeah. The the original Dwayne the Rock Johnson movie. That movie is awesome. That it movie is, great. is awesome. Yeah, never seen. Fast it. Five is my. Was he? Was, wasn't he also the Tooth Fairy? Wasn't that a, a thing? He was the yeah. Tooth Fairy. Yep. I love yep. him in the rundown with, <laughs> with Christopher Walken. That was the rundown. Well, that's not my favorite good. Dwayne moment. That's when they were just like, everybody loves this guy. We can do yeah. anything. He's like one yeah. of the highest people. Yeah. 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 He'll make, <laughs> make like, you money. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some studio executive was like, I want to test the limits of how popular Dwayne the Rock Johnson is. Alright, let's do it. I like Jumanji too. Let's do it. I, I want to do it. I, <laughs> I like how, but, but when you I'm asked ready. me what my favorite rock movie was, it Christ. was kind of like you came at me <laughs> aggressively. Like, I should have a, an answer for you quicker. Well, like, I thought you would just know in your heart of hearts. I can just love him as a person and the you things can, that he does. You can absolutely. I do, too. Why are you coming too. at me like that? Hey, man, you come at me all the What's time. What's your favorite rock, rock movie? <laughs> I did not say it like that. I said it very soft. I said, hey, Trevor, what's your favorite, so what's your favorite rock, rock movie? movie? And couldn't come up with it. I did not say it like that. Boy, we have we have play the tape. Play the tape. Uh, I want to hear it. I said it very differently. Uh, have you know. All right, sorry, we can go now. All right, yeah, now he's all right. Uh, we're ready, Blade. Dude, to land on a, I'm on. I might be landing on a planet. Okay, if you guys are ready. Hey everybody, Dungeon Master Blake here, and thanks so much for listening to Dice Boys again this week. Really appreciate having you here with us, uh, especially for this episode, as this is the 12th and final episode of Season 2, and this is a big episode to close out a big season. Um, so before we get to it, though, I just want to real quick do a do a recap of every kind of everything that's happened um, previously. The players were hired by the famous bard Koskahava to retrieve his family heirloom, a harp known as the Numos Harp. And with Koss's compatriot, Judas, along for the adventure, our heroes have traversed the mountain roads, been attacked by orcish raiders, gone to the decaying Kahava estate, they've met a powerful elf named Andrika, a mumbling gnome named Nickel, and the dementia-suffering patriarch of the Kahava family. They've recovered the magical dwarvish artifact known as the Marble Tankard. They've been ambushed and chased by bullywugs, attacked by hordes and hordes of zombie dwarves, talked to a ghost, found magical items, fiddled with a bridge, inquired about doors, and, while they don't yet have the harp in hand, they have uncovered a scheme to poison the dwarves of Woestone Hall and steal all the magical rocks therein. While they are all still alive, our heroes aren't without their wounds, perhaps the deepest ones being dealt to the party's trust with each other. We left off with our heroes having seen inexplicably what looks like their organization's logo on the boxes belonging to the now-vanquished Betty and Bartholomew. The heroes have made it so far 
can the party push past these final moments of tension and finally retrieve the harp? And what other treasure or dangers will they find? Let's find out. And let's have, let's uh, let's find out how good rolls can <laughs> good dice rolls can really change the story. Let's head down to the basement, sit at the table, and roll some dice. So the five of you are standing there in the entry of Wollstone Hall amidst the recent carnage. The daylight is cascading in from the entryway. And if you were to look out that way, you can see bodies strewn about blood and guts and gore on the bridge that spans the chasm. You have just had this moment of tension because there are these crates that have a black goblet, it seems, stenciled on them. No one really seems to know why. But the moment is subsiding. Judas cuts into the receding tension and says, Matisse, I'm sorry. I, I just was trying to calm everyone down. I, can we just get this fucking harp and be out of here? Yes, I don't see any reason why we should not just go get this harp and then we can all leave. Yeah, Judas, we were trying to get the harp. Yeah, Judas, I'd like to get out of here as fast as possible. You think I don't want to do that? I don't know. <clears throat> Listen, y'all, while we're all agreeing, I assume we can also all agree we ought to throw these nasty uh, metal bugs in the well here, right? Uh, no. Nothing. nothing. <laughs> Absolutely not. For research. They will help me uh, with my research. <laughs> I'm sorry. So <clears throat> actually, if you could also uh, break the box and take the, the outside with the, with the drawing on it, that would be great. Doesn't that seem like a job for somebody else in this party? That aside, all right, uh, you mean to tell me you don't know who these came from, yet they have the logo of our organization on them, and you want to just take them with us? Like, this ain't somebody trying to set us up or something? Well, I mean... You always think that people are trying to set you up. It could, it could very well be, but it could be that these were here for a reason, and that maybe... I could replicate them. I, I mean, clearly, I could make something like this if given the appropriate materials and time. Of course, and you could. Financial resources, but under the circumstances, maybe I could just uh, play with these for a little while. Why don't we take our chances with what's in the vault? We will do that as well. We will go to the vault. We'll just deal with it later. <clears throat> All right, fine. Why don't you uh, go ahead and take that in under your purview then? That was our intention. All right, you heard him, Bubba. He wants you to break the box open and shit like that. I, uh, just, just bring the, the side with the stencil on it. Thank you. Yeah, A-Lock, like, they like, all look at you. Like, cut it out with, with what, my sword? Or like... No, use your face. Uh, <laughs> yes, with your sword. All right, fine. Um, all right. And so I get to doing that. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, so just go. Defeated. All right. Uh, so is yeah, this little like, box that the dragonflies are in is that big enough for me to carry? Um, it big? it's it would be very cumbersome for you to carry it. You could. Okay, I will. It would. I'll carry it, it. it would be about the size of like maybe like six shoe boxes, three shoe boxes wide, two shoe boxes tall. Okay. It got cute little straps, and he can wear it on his back. No, 
Beagle doesn't wear anything that's has cute little anything <laughs> on it. <laughs> but yeah, you can definitely you you can definitely take these, but it's at some point it's going to become really cumbersome for you. Are they big enough for me? Like the things themselves, are they big enough for me to like hold them? You could tuck. Yeah, they're, they're small. They're oh, like the okay. size of like yeah, a little, yeah. uh, you know, those little wooden airplanes you yeah. get that like Ooh, yeah, okay. you those put them on a rubber planes? band and you shoot them. It, uh-huh. They're like the size of that. Are they that fragile? We, when you go to grab them, mm-hmm. yes, they feel it's, it's like, it's like holding a bird in your hand. Oh, dang. Okay. I'll take them. You could take one or two relatively well. Any more than that. There's uh, more than that? You're going to have to. I, think was, <laughs> I can't I think remember how many I said there were. Two. I think you said there were two. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Then you could take two. There's 10. I take all <laughs> yeah. Everybody grab one. <laughs> Are we ready to go to the vault? Alok, while this whole exchange is happening, you're breaking the sides of these crates. You're, you're basically cracking off a chunk of the wood from the side of the crates that has this stenciled logo on it. Always break this, or hold this, or smash that, or reach that. You're so tall. Gosh. What was that? Uh. Are you getting paid, ain't you? You guys didn't hear me? <laughs> no, you're speaking out loud. Okay. Uh. Um. Uh. N- nothing, boss. I'm. I'm just singing this old song I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alok, Judas walks over to you and puts his hand on your shoulder and says, "It's okay." We're all frustrated. We all wanted something easy, and it, it, it didn't go that way. You know, for once, I agree with you. I just want to get out of here. There's ghosts here. <laughs> Zombies. My wife and kid are back home. I just want to be home right now. A point of clarification. There was one ghost, and then many go- zombies. But uh, besides the point. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so with that... Uh, you all begin making your way across the hall, back through the dining hall to the ramp well that leads up to the living quarters, and as you know, down as well to the vault. When you get to this ramp well, I would like for all of you to give me a perception roll. That's an eight. Fourteen. Twelve. I got an eight. 19. Yon Yon, everyone is starting to go down the ramp toward the vault. And you stop for a moment, and it is just stunningly quiet. And you're standing around the dead bodies of these zombie dwarves that you all had killed that had followed you from the living quarters. And the last time you were in this area, you could hear Strozzi crying from upstairs. And right now, you can't hear a single thing. Yeah, I kind of like whisper to myself. Seems like she found peace. It does seem that way. You're not sure why, but you can't hear her anymore. So the five of you and Judas all head down the ramp, and it spirals down, goes down platform, turns 90-degree angle, goes down platform, turns to a 90-degree angle, and it goes down for a bit. And then eventually you come to a landing, and there is a set of double doors. These doors are stone, well-masoned stone doors. You can't even see any hinges. Who's leading the way? Um, I think I have a key, and then Matthias had the other one, right? That sounds right to me. So I would assume probably me and Matthias. So yeah, you all stop at this landing. You and Matthias come to these doors. 
And you can see the seam of the doors very clearly. But uh, just putting your hands on them reveals that they open inward away from you very silently. Again, precise dwarven craftsmanship. And they just, with just a little bit of change in air pressure, they open away from you into a large square stone room, in the center of which is a raised dais. And on that dais is a raised pedestal. All around the room is a carved mosaic in the stone, and it circles the entirety of this square room. And this room is about 20 feet square and dark. And that's all you see. I'll walk up to the pedestal and examine it to see if there's any like indentations or anywhere where like a key would fit. Yep. So as you walk into the darkness, you can just... The, the silence is so profound that just even your soft, humble footsteps reverberate in this stone room. As you walk up to this pedestal, you indeed see two indentations in the top of this raised, ornately carved pedestal on this dais. Do they seem to be the same size as the key that I found? Yes. Uh, Yarion, I believe that this is where our keys should go. I'll, I'll walk up there with them and stick one of them in the keyhole. Okay. It emits a blue light that kind of shines up onto your face like a kid telling ghost stories at a campfire with a flashlight under his chin. Cool. The rest of you standing kind of in the entryway of this room see that. And Matthias, you put mine in as well. Yours illuminates as well, and for a moment you and Yon Yon kind of lock eyes across this pedestal. The rest of you watch and even hear and almost feel this vibration in the air as you see illuminating on the far wall of this square room the outline of a door in the stone. And it kind of just sorry, melts. Sorry, face you make with that sound. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, just, <laughs> uh, it just kind of melts away. This stone becomes translucent and blue and then melts away and you can see a small alcove behind it. And there are some items tucked into that alcove. Dibs. I was looking forward to you not being around. I start running immediately and I cast Grease in a line in front of them and I bolt. Yeah, so standing on the dais, illuminated by these stone keys that you got from Strozzi and Johannes are Matthias and Yon-Yon. And then behind you in the entryway to this room is Biggle, Alok, Dodge, and Judas. The room is kind of illuminated by this blue light. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Um, I start Pretty making cool. my way to... The alcove. Okay. What's everyone else doing? Same. Uh, I'm going to Checking actually, out the items. I'm standing next to Alok. I'm going to put my arm, like, up kind of as high as I can go, like, but it's, like, I'm barely able to reach up above his butt, I think. Did she actually mm-hmm. touch his ass? And I just, no, I'm like, yeah, that's it's a workplace as complaint. though I'm putting my arm around his shoulder, uh-huh. but he's huge, so. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like... <clears throat> You did a really good job, Alok. God. What, boss? What What do you mean? Let's go get this uh, harp and get the hell out of here, huh? 
Yeah, I, I'd love to do that. Let's 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 grab it and let's get out of here. Yeah, and as you all get closer, you can see very clearly that this little alcove has stone shelves that are sticking out from the back wall of this alcove, almost like IKEA shelving, just placed asymmetrically, and various items on this stone shelving. And one of them, unquestionably the most eye-catching of all the things on these shelves, is a simple yet captivating wooden harp. Its strings, silver-like and catching the blue light from the room and reflecting it off of them in an almost spectral pattern. You almost feel as though the light itself is striking these strings and resonating, not audibly, but uh, like in your chest as you see this harp. I'm not even like all enthusiasm for grabbing what we need to grab and get out of here has faded and I'm captivated by this heart. You're stopped in your tracks. I- I'm stopped. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at whatever else is in there that's not time. <laughs> I'm very intrigued. I would like to touch it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, Alok stops in his tracks. Yon-Yon goes in and just starts digging around trying to find cool shit. Dodge, you are captivated as well and you walk past a frozen Alok to reach out and touch this harp. I'm just going to pick it up and look at it. When you reach out to touch it, your initial reaction, it's almost like touching one of those orbs at like the science fair that has like all the electrodes mm-hmm. rushing through it. And when you touch it, it's like, oh, whoa. And it makes your hair stand up, um, but a little bit more aggressive than that. It's not a damaging electrocution, but it is definitely an uncomfortable touch when you touch this thing. So like I'm, I draw my hand back. And at the same time, when you touch it, you feel a heat at your side where you keep the dagger that you found. You know, I think somebody else ought to carry this thing back. I'll, I'll carry it. And I'll reach out for it as well. I thought she was tired of carrying it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Alok, you grab this thing and boy, the feeling you have when you grab it is like the feeling you had when you realized you were in love with your wife. It's, it's not like it's love, though. It's, it's like a, it's a sense that you, you know something is right. It just feels perfect in my hands, and like all joy is just flooding from me. Yeah. Yeah, and you're oblivious to the the digging around of Yon Yon. Biggle, what are you doing? Biggle's just kind of thinking about this whole, this whole thing thinking about dragging everybody out here. He's thinking about mm-hmm. um, the zombies, these weird black goblet boxes. Like, it's shit going to get worse from here. And so he's, he's not even going into the vault. He's just chilling out there, like... Maybe kind of absentmindedly rubbing these little yeah, maybe dragonfly things like you got. Not even, not even concerned for what's in there, because that's under control these guys all got it he's mm-hmm. just whew, taking some relaxing breaths gotcha yeah matthias what about you standing on the dais matthias is taken by the blue light being emitted from this device mm-hmm. and he will just kind of absentmindedly see biggle kind of 
standing off to the side. Be like, do you realize that blue is not a, a natural color in the world? You do not see it in plants or animals or uh, many things. Uh, but this blue is a color that we saw with the zombies. When we killed them, there was a blue emission from them. All I saw was blood and it smelled so bad. And yeah, but there, this, this, there's something very unnatural about this. There's something very unnatural about this entire place. This place is a tomb, and I believe that it should not be allowed to be visited by normal people from here on out. There must be a way for us to destroy it when we are done. Well, I mean, I wonder if we could set the bridge free? No, that's silly. Uh, we could blow it up. That would be entertaining at the very least. <laughs> yeah, we'll just get our TNT and we'll roll it out and we'll all fucking grab well, it. I mean, it's a mine. Who gets to push it down? Who gets to push it down? Yeah, I, I, I definitely don't want to come back here. So, Yon Yon, while you're digging around in there, you, um, you find a few things. You, you find a silver statuette and it is just of a plain looking human woman in plain dress. A very unassuming figure, but the quality of the craftsmanship is nevertheless top tier. And more to the point, the material of this statuette is incredibly valuable. It's very evident. You find a few little wooden boxes, and you see a large belt, a large leather belt. A wrestling belt? Al yeah, almost. Like it's, very, it's very thick, probably three to four inches... Uh, thick are tall I don't know uh, I think we get yeah, yeah you, you got what I'm saying yeah, yeah. it's a thick leather belt and it's about three to four inches uh, wouldn't fit through a normal <laughs> in real life belt loop and it has metal studs periodically placed around it oh metal studs mm-hmm badass and new look for season three <laughs> just a belt and as bondage you're, as you're digging around your your toe stubs into something mm -hmm. and you look down and you see a giant chunk of rock and dodge you can see this matthias you can see it as well and biggle there is a giant chunk of rock um probably the size of like three watermelons kind of mashed all together that has for lack of a better word, veins running through it that are catching and reverberating with this 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 blue this bluish light, and you know what this is. This is veinstone, and this is without looking in these wooden boxes, without assessing the harp or the belt or anything, this might be the most valuable thing in here. Um, there are also two other items, and I'm going to go ahead and... <laughs> this is in keeping with Season 1. These are randomly generated items. Uh, Dodge, because you got nerfed and shocked by the harp, I'll let you roll. So roll a D100 for me. And Matthias, because I was so brutal to you this the entirety of this season, I'll <laughs> let you roll a D100. Uh, 44 for me. That's a 100. Oh, oh daddy. Are you fucking serious? Daddy. We win. You get a oh, no. shapeshifter's done. 
Check yes. that shit. We'll get to you right? in a second. A what did you roll, Matthias? Right? Yeah. Uh, 44. Yeah, you got it. 44. Oh, my God. These are both insane. Why did I choose to do this? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what it is, Daddy. Yeah, baby. <laughs> is it a broomstick? Um, Alok, when you stand up erect with the harp, you're the only one that can see this. I'm so erect right now. <laughs> God. God, the phrasing tonight. You're the only one that can see this because it's tucked into a little alcove way up high, inexplicably high for a dwarven vault, is an axe made of stone. It's an axe made of stone. <laughs> you don't say. Uh, I'm trying to think what would draw my attention to it. What's the hilt look like? It doesn't have a hilt, and the handle of it is a very simple handle, but the the blades are rough-hewn stone. And hanging from one corner, as you <laughs> scrape this thing off its shelf and pull it out to look at it, hanging from one corner of one of the two blades on it is a set of teeth on a chain. And these teeth are like the size of your hand. Like Alok's hand? Like Alok's um, half and that might be a little. That might be a little big. But about the size of your palm. Huge. Okay. One would even say giant. All right. So I imagine uh, with these other boys looking around in this vault and me just standing still and being huge and tall. Uh, we get, get it, dude. Get, we I, get it. <laughs> one of them just big hands. Uh, kind of like bumps past me and I kind of lose concentration and I'm, I'm just, re I'm, I realize where I'm at uh, and I, I look up and I see this ax and I, I think it, it is weird that it, it's so high off the ground mm -hmm. and I, I reach up and grab it and pull it down. So Dodge, as you're watching him do that, you have a similar thought. Why would dwarves keep something so far out of their reach. And then you see, tucked down onto the corner of the vault, as a little pair of boots. And what looks to be hanging from the heels of those boots are feathers. I'm going to try them on. So you walk over, and you grab this pair of boots. And indeed, as you get closer, they're not only feathers, but they are ornately crafted wings that seem to be coming from the heels of these boots dope and you slip them on and they're a little snug yeah. but the leather is loose and the fur that lines them is soft oh and you feel like you can you can break these in yeah i plan on it and as you put them on and you're stretching them out you feel a little light-footed sweet are those air jordans no, uh, yeah, they're pumps. They're Reebok pumps. Yeah. There's a little basketball <laughs> on the tongue of them. Yeah. Oh, too much. <laughs> cool. What are they? Uh, they're winged boots. What does that do? You just it lets like them fly. Cool. <laughs> I'm sorry, come again? <laughs> oh, OP, please nerf. Did you just give me boots of flight for and, real? And with that action? Winged boots. While you wear these boots, you have a flying speed equal to your walking speed. Oh, shit. You can use the boots to fly for up to four hours all at once. <laughs> Dude, are you serious? <laughs> or in several shorter flights. You rolled a hundred. You ruined the podcast. 
<laughs> no, dude, you just made it so much better. Oh, oh my, my god. You're at level two, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and now you can fly. Yeah. Uh, each one using a minimum of one minute from the uh, duration. Uh, if you, whatever that means. What if you are flying, you wear one if you are flying when the duration expires, you descend at a rate of thirty feet. Blah blah blah. The boots regain two hours of flying capability for every twelve hours they aren't in use. Yeah, baby. Plug so them in at night, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. Oh my. Yeah, but what God. do I find? Okay, wait. No. <laughs> All right. So, I was the one digging in the jet. <laughs> All right. What that axe do? Um, you're not sure, Alok. Okay, it's stone. It's heavy. <laughs> it's it's another heavy. It's thing. brutal. It probably does something. Yeah, it's got some. I mean, my other uh, Biggle, wh- Biggle, why don't you give me an Arcana roll? Okay. As you see him scrape this axe off this top shelf, and That's hear him 15. do it. You're welcome. Uh, but I also way. get. That's right. You get a bonus, don't I you? I get a bonus. Uh, two times my proficiency. Proficiency. So that's a twenty. Yeah, this axe is meant for slaying giants. Hell yeah. And gives some significant bonuses if you were to fight a giant. Which you might have to do now, since you have fucking winged boots. I'm going to have to throw some CR5s at you guys at level two, just to make it... Anyway. No. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, that's not necessary. Um, so We'll use them for good. Yon Yon, you found the silver statuette. You found the vein stone, which is too heavy for you you can make an arcana check on this belt if you would like oh yeah i'm gonna be needing some of that spike head belt uh this is a belt of dwarven kind and grants a number of bonuses to dwarves as well as to people who aren't dwarves let me read it to you sir while wearing this belt you gain the following benefits. Your constitution score increases by two to a maximum of 20. You have advantage on charisma. Sorry? <laughs> you, you have advantage on charisma checks made to interact with dwarves. In addition, while attuned to the belt, you have a 50% chance each day <laughs> at dawn. Oh, that's my favorite part. I love you, Wizards of the Coast. You have a 50% chance each day at dawn of growing a full beard if you're capable of growing one. <laughs> Here, Alok, you can have this. <laughs> well, I can grow a beard, man. Uh, I can grow a beard. Or a visibly thicker beard if you already have one. Mm. If you aren't a dwarf, you gain the following additional benefits while wearing the belt. You have advantage on saving throws against poison, and you have resistance against poison damage. You have dark vision out to a range of 60 feet. You can speak, read, and write dwarvish. Ooh, fuck that last one, though. <laughs> Too late, you uh, gave it to him. No, yeah, I don't need it. Yeah. I'm it's putting that belt on. I can use my brain to learn Dwarvish. Right. I know Dwarvish. <laughs> <laughs> I right. can fly a helicopter. Um, what about these little boxes? All Is right, so you about? open one box. Cool. Real quick, is it like the Matrix, where as soon as I put this belt on, like I can, like, yeah. I can speak some Dwarven? Yeah. And Dude, this is the music career taking off right here. Dwarven rap career. I'm just going to start... <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, so there are, there are two wooden boxes here that you found, mm-hmm. Yon Yon, in addition to everything else. One you open up, and it is a, it's about a foot and a half, well, I'll say about a foot square, and about three inches deep. And you open this lid, it's got a little latch on it. You open this lid, and it's a velvet-lined box with 16 little holes in it. And some of these holes, not all of them, some of them, eight, eight of them, about half of them, have 
varying gems placed in them. And you would conclude that these are things that the dwarves probably found while they were mining or while they were working in the quarry and they've kept here in this velvet box. You're not in any kind of position to assess this, but Dodge, you you can see it and a, a quick cursory glance, you would estimate that this is worth at least 400 gold, these varying gems in here. Pretty nice Each or there. all total? All total. Okay. Touching. <laughs> and the other box you open up and it has just a bunch of slips of paper, Bear a box, bunch of slips baby. of parchment. <laughs> which to clarify parch- parchment in this world isn't a necessarily invaluable thing in and of itself yeah and you pull these out and you start looking through them and you recognize these these are promissory notes and they are all from the Sasorian private trust which is a bank all throughout the continent of Sasoria. these notes total up to as you're looking through and just kind of mathing in your head, these things add up to about 1,200 gold. Ooh, baby. I want to clarify what you all just found in terms of, outside of magical items, what you found in terms of treasure is a lot. Is enough for you to fund your business for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. This is New this equipment, is, baby. This Bigel, is, we can finally get those golden statues of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Surrounding let, the hot tub. Oh, let it's me, going to be so awesome. Let me say, you will have no problem getting your front window fixed at this yeah, point. And we're going to replace it with a, a second fucking shop. jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes. So open air. Jacuzzi. Yeah, dude. <laughs> a vertical jacuzzi. Just water just spills no, out dude, all the way. We're just going to seal up all the walls. Just, we're going to fill the whole place full of water. Yeah. It, no, no, no. You're missing what I'm off. saying. We're, yeah, we're going to turn the whole front room into a jacuzzi. You'll have to find a fire elemental to, to heat Easy. it. We can buy Easy. one, Easy. dude. Yeah, we can. <laughs> talking about yeah dodge dodge just fly around for a bit find yeah, one yeah. we're gonna take some of this <laughs> it out. fucking stone vein and All right. we're gonna power it with that okay yeah for real we got to figure out how to get this stone out of here what does that mean not carry it you carry do it. have an issue at this point and that issue is how are you going to transport everything that you have found i got all i need right here <laughs> as you kind of <laughs> float mario moon jump yeah. float uh, wow, dude! I just can't believe that you. No, there's can a fly big now. cart upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> there is a big cart. Yeah, upstairs. There is a big That's cart. That's what yeah. we're gonna do. Yeah, we'll go upstairs and fix the cart. Oh, it's all ramps oh, you're anyway. Just fix it. Press the digitation, dude. That's not gonna do it. it doesn't just fix stuff. <laughs> That's not what that does. Press the digitation literally does whatever you want it to do. Yeah. Make hot chocolate. Press the digitation. Well, didn't fix cart. Press wouldn't the uh, wouldn't these uh, these yahoos that we done seed to on the bridge? Wouldn't don't you suppose they would have had a cart around here somewhere? Yes, that's yes. Uh, Matthias, you would know that any cart-like supplies that Betty and Bartholomew had were broken down and used for firewood. Mm. Yes, or obliterated on the on the bridge. Correct. Shucks. A lock. Yes. I have to pee real quick. Can we give me one second? A lock goes in the Why corner. Why can't you just give us a goddamn card so we can leave? Because I want you guys yeah. to figure out. I want you guys to have to decide what you're going to leave and what you're going to take or creatively come up with a way to take everything. Mm-hmm. That's why. Do you guys remember that cheat code in Age of Empires 2 where you would get the car and it shot bullets out of both of the uh, <laughs> front headlights? 
That sounds like a ridiculous <laughs> cheat. Like, for better or for worse, like, I'm not a, a are... human computer <laughs> cyborg entity, no, and you can't what? hack me <laughs> what to get what you that want. What cheat code? I'm going to go remember. load up that game. It's a Konami code. Yeah. Remember, just Google it. I, it's like gun, famous. Gun, car with yeah, guns. It's like headlights. drives around on the map and mows down the Teutonic Knights or whatever the fuck. Anybody? Horse like archers, Spartans, and shit. Just yeah, just get like a couple cars, and you're good. <laughs> <laughs> just put in two of those cheat codes. You're good. Yeah. Why didn't car just like drive over people? Like, I can't believe you guys. Isn't don't that, that enough? Isn't car driving over people? Well, enough? can't drive over a horse. <laughs> you could fuck up a horse though. Real bad. Up the car too though. Yeah. You got to have some yeah. long range. I think you just get bullets. Yeah, you just handle it you from back range, there, dude. and then squirk <laughs> onto the next destination. Keep man. it in reverse. The car part is mostly for traveling, not for doing, you know, damage. Or when you don't have roads, though. Well, you don't need them because it's right. a video game. <laughs> so Judas looks at you, Yon Yon, and says, "I'm not a wizard, but do you? I mean, do you have? Can you cast the mending spell? Can we fix that cart upstairs? Oh, I, don't, I don't have that spell. <laughs> what the hell what, kind of wizard what? are you? The best fucking wizard. Who the fuck are you? That's a fair point, asshole." I mean, hey, okay. I'm just trying to help. I was making a suggestion. Can I? Can I fix it? Give me an intelligence roll to see what your memory of this cart was. This overtipped cart. I'm gonna use my inspiration. Okay. You gotta be fucking kidding me, dude. What did you roll? So, well, I rolled a three digits. and a six. That ain't gonna be good. I get a plus three, so a nine. It was kind of big. This was a cart that would have needed you know what? a pack animal, most likely. I'm going to make our own cart. All I've right. got some ideas that I've been floating around. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm going to try to make my own cart. I don't know what's <laughs> All right. So you Basically, guys- what I'm going to do is ch- I I'm, I'm, was at Costco today and they have, God. you know, they just have the flat. There's the regular shopping cart and then the flat shopping cart. And right. I bought a bunch when, of- When you need racks of I, mayonnaise. Yeah. I yeah. bought 10 plastic like tupperware tubs right i want i'm gonna make one of those so i'm gonna take the two wagon wheels like it's the one handle and then the big flat thing in yeah. front of you and then from there's the just handle. gonna be two wa- two wheels on the side and i'm just gonna kick down the walls that's what we're doing okay so judas is gonna follow you up to see he's gonna say i i, I mean my dad was a carpenter and so like i i'm not completely useless when it comes to this stuff he was an asshole, but I learned some stuff from him. So maybe I can help. You know, if you don't mind, you know, maybe just uh, the two of us together. Yeah. Why don't you, know. you just uh, go ahead and take uh, this pile, this these piles of rocks, and just you just move those. Yeah. And so he's kind of stepping on these bodies of these zombie dwarves that spilled out of the overturned cart. Uh, 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 and he just starts moving the rocks Same away. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's moving the rocks away so you can get this cart turned over, and you guys are able to get this thing turned over onto its wheels upright. I will let you roll again for a, an intelligence roll with advantage because Judas is helping you. Two fifteens plus three, so eighteen. Yeah, you feel like given a little bit of time and a little bit of elbow grease from everyone, you can repurpose these axles. You can carve the wheels down to like their inner ring for some smaller yeah, wheels be and tiny. you can make a little just enough to get this stuff out of here yeah cool. it might be hard to navigate that's okay but it, it'll definitely be easier than dragging everything so this vein stone there's only one person here that's strong enough um a uh 
Hey, I just uh, want yeah, you to, I want you to know, and I'll also put my hand on his shoulder. Good job today. <laughs> I want you to know you do a great job. He's just saying that because I said that. Yeah, I'm making fun of him. But anyway, can you help me pick this up, please? Well, someone's going to have to take some of the stuff that I'm holding. Um, Judas says, oh, I can hold on to the harp. No, no. I'll, I'll, I'll I, take I got, the harp. I got the, no, no, I got the harp. <laughs> um, but, Dosh, here, can you, can you hold this crossbow for me? Oh, uh, yeah, here. All right, and I hand him the crossbow and okay. the special bolts that go with it. Yeah. And, um. Dodge, you think, boy, these would be great to shoot from a flying vantage point. <laughs> God, these are going to be really cool. I, I'm, I'm just like turning I never worked one of these before. It's pretty cool. And I uh, kind of hoist this uh, wrestling belt up around me. Mm-hmm. And I uh, get a good foundation, a good base, uh, bend oh my over. God. You really need to do and, this. And uh, <laughs> wrap my arms around this vein stone and uh, back straight. Good posture, no joke, dude. Yep, exactly. Getting really close to it, and mm-hmm. um, and I just push off the ground with my feet and mm-hmm. extend my back. <laughs> like, I just wow. imagine you. So you're telling us how to pick up a rock? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're saying it out loud yeah. as you do it. Yeah, go ahead and make a strength roll, a lock. Oh God, I'm gonna use my inspiration on that one. All right, sounds good. All righty, that is a Matthias. You're just watching all this. The 14. Yeah, no problem. Little problem, but not too much. Yeah, I have a little bit of lactic acid built up in my quads. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised at all. I did watch him do his workouts before we left on our first adventure, and he's, he's got a very good form, so this is not surprising in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Matthias. I worked oh, hard. Oh, no, you've, you've, earned, you've earned it. You worked in the mines for many, many years. Well, you, Man, you know what they I. say, you can only go as far as your genetics, right? Is it an insult to me? What? Is it? Oh God! I'm not going. <laughs> this is as you guys are all yes, he's carrying. A specimen, I get it. You you all watch as Alok carries this rock up, sets it onto this cart that Biggle and Judas have made. You pile the rest of your loot there, and it's about noon. You can tell the sun is just beating down on the bridge across the chasm. With that, you have all the loot stacked. You have the harp. We uh we definitely put like a tarp or something over that stone, right? Blanket. Yes. Yeah, I took Not off just my jacket. Rolling and I'm just with a like <laughs> open hunk of veinstone <laughs> on our car. Yeah, yeah, like uh No hey, way, dude. What, we lie. Is Everybody this the right like, way? Damn, those guys got <laughs> a fucking huge <laughs> veinstone and be like, come at me. Yeah. <laughs> Do not fuck with this. Yeah, so you make your way out of Woestone Hall into the bright noonday sun and crossing the bridge, the brightness of the sun reveals the finality of the recent carnage. There are corpses still as stone some rotting more than others some fresh and the stench from these bodies and from this carnage is in combat with the mountain air and you make your way across this bridge to the entryway tower and with a solid group effort you're able to navigate this heavy cart laden with your newfound wealth down these ramps and Good timing. (laughs) (laughs) You exit onto the dry mountain road that heads down the hill. And as you do so, you are somber in the knowledge that the Woestone clan will never travel this path again. And you make your way down the hill. The looming edifice of Woestone Hall recedes behind you and 
Matthias, you're kind of affirmed in your statement that, yes, this place is a tomb. Hey everybody, Blake here. Uh, just jumping in for a whew, quick little breather there after the after the treasure run and after we finally, finally leave Woestone Hall behind us. Um, just so we're all clear, uh, I believe that is the first time I've seen somebody roll percentile dice and roll a 100. That was insane. And yes, now Dodge has boots that allow him to fly. Also, I should say that... Uh, <laughs> That is not the most insane dice roll that happens in this episode. Um, let's. Uh, there are a few more surprises down the road for us, so let's let's head back down to the basement, sit at the table, and roll some more dice. Right, so you have left Woestone Hall behind. You've traveled down the mountain path. You hit the bend where the crown stone was, where you first encountered the Bullywugs. And you turn onto Woestone Way and begin heading southward down this mountain road with your cart clunking along with you. You, you see that Judas has improved his mood. He seems very happy. Uh, he seems very interested in the harp, Alok, but he isn't pushy. He just he just enjoys looking at it. You can tell it, it's just a sense of satisfaction. Sounds like he's annoyingly happy right now. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you decide if your character's annoyed by him or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. We've it's got a given. good like, answer. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, from everyone. He's not super vocal. But uh, when, you, when you left Woestone Hall, it was about noon, and you travel throughout the rest of the afternoon and early evening, and you eventually decide that you need to make camp, and you are able to find off the trail a, uh, a giant fallen cottonwood that has tumbled over, and you can kind of set up this camp nestled in a crook between its now mossy trunk and one of its long, low branches, which kind of reaches around like an arm to nestle you in. Judas helps clear out a space in this little crook, helps gather firewood, kind of whistling to himself as he does so. He rolls over some rocks for everyone to sit on, and as the sun sets, uh, it was a cloudless sky, and this mountain air takes over, and it's pretty chilly. For better or for worse, you are thankful for Judas's help getting this firewood gathered and getting a fire set. So this is what you're good at. I don't know. I guess I guess I'm I guess I'm good at you know when when we're happy we're happy you know and and, and that's I'm good at that. Man, you said it. Yeah, you all can see through the canopy of the trees the stars piercing into the dark sky, and this fire is crackling, and you're all sitting around in its warmth. Alok, you have the harp. And you're sitting, Alok, on this branch of this tree that is extending out, almost like a bench, and Judas is sitting next to you. 
Dodge, you're kind of leaned up against the trunk of the tree, this fallen trunk, your arms crossed, taking in the warmth, satisfied in these new boots that you have. Biggle, you're perched up on a rock, still kind of morose about the whole experience, but glad that your enterprise has emerged successful once again. And Yon Yon, you're kind of observing the temperament of everyone and staring at the fire. Matthias, you're also perched up on a rock watching Alok and Judas kind of talk about this harp as they sit on this branch. And it's a, uh, it's a very successful moment. You all feel varying levels of victory. Alok, have you ever played the harp? Um, no, I, I've... I've only seen harps before. It's, it's it's a real Judas chimes in. He says it's 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 a really hard instrument to play. It's it's in it's in weird tuning. I know. I I I don't know. I I don't play an instrument. Judas. But it tosses. Yeah. No, you you're sound, right. Yeah. You you sound like a fool right now. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but it it is. It's a hard instrument to play. Cost told me that. I. No, it it really is though. It really is. So why am I why am I a fool? I'm gonna check the perimeter again. <clears throat> um, back to have you ever played a harp before? No, 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 I've never played one. But but I bet I could figure it out. Why don't you go ahead and give it a try? Okay, so I um I give it a plus. Uh, Judas, oh, uh, Judas. <laughs> Are you sure you want to? As you kind of. Reach your hands out to the strings. Yeah, I pull my arm back. What? I mean, it's just. Whew, this is the thing we came here for, and I, I just. You know what? We don't have to play it if you don't want us to. No, no, it's fine. You, you, you can play it if you want. I. It's you just know, a really hard instrument to play. Honestly, though, Judas, it's, it's so perfect. I, I don't even want to do it any disjustice. I kind of know what you mean, but. I kind of want to play it. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least hear hear what one string sounds like. Okay. Alok, do you want to try to play the harp? As you all are sitting around the crackling fire, Dodge has drifted off in the shadows once again, and there is the orange warm light of the fire, the cold, wet reality of this mountain moment, and the stars above you. Alok, do you want to try to play this harp? I do. Okay. I feel inspired. I, I want to... Great. I want to yeah. try to play and sing along to it. Roll a performance roll. That is a nat 20. Holy fuck, are you serious? Yeah, yeah. and I'm plus four, so that's a 24. How are you plus four in performance? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Entertainer background, man. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. This changes things a little bit. Game we'll break breaking. Breaking the game. That's a, that's he a didn't even see it <laughs> Now Judas is going to learn why Alok said you sound like a fool right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I'm not right. sorry. Don't be sorry. This is amazing. You, Alok, you go to pluck one string, but then something inside you says, no, I got this. 
and you drift your fingers across them as though you were touching a cold mountain brook. And all of you hear the most beautiful chord resound from this, and your vision goes black. You are in a sea of blackness. Instantaneously, you go from that sea of blackness to looking at stars, like you're surrounded by stars. And you feel as though you're floating in warm water surrounded by starlight. Just this comfort of being rests on all of you. And it seems to last for eons. But then it is profoundly disrupted by a what can only be described as a pain in your heart. An aching, like someone punched you in the chest. And then you just, you feel as though bruises are rising on your body. And you can't see your hands, you can't see your body, you just feel your existence. And you feel these bruises rising in this profound pain. And then everything goes red and black and orange, and you are in the most aching agony. And then you are floating on a stream, looking up at a stone bridge. And standing on this stone bridge, crossing this stone bridge, and then stopping and looking down at you, and locking eyes with whatever it is that you are in this moment, looking down at you are two figures. A robed female human who looks to be about 15 years old and an armored male human in bluish black, almost obsidian armor with a giant sword of bone strapped to his back. And they look down and they point at you and you feel a screaming emitting from yourself. This happens to every one of you, except for you, Dodge. That's why you check the perimeter. Dodge, the only thing you experience is a soul-rending scream of pain, and you take nine points of psychic damage. Like I'm the screamer, or somebody screams at me? It is just what you feel the entirety of your being. You do not scream audibly. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and without any knowledge of how much time has passed, you all emerge back into your selves in this mountain reality. You can still hear the residual echo of this harp chord. And you look around at each other, and you all know that you had the same vision. And Judas, his eyes are watering. Dodge, I would like for you to roll a perception check as you come out of this agonizing pain. 14. You hear someone coming toward your companions from the south. Uh, how does that, like, how does that line up with my trajectory? Um... <laughs> You are. Oh, no, you could fly. <laughs> you had. Oh yeah! Fuck that! I'm just gonna fly. 
Okay. Yeah, I'm going to fly 60 <laughs> feet up in the air. You fly 60 feet up into the <clears throat> air, and the tree canopy is completely obscuring any view you might have had had you stayed on the ground. I'm just going to boop back <laughs> down. I <laughs> <laughs> got you, motherfucker. <laughs> boop back down, to, like, right at the campsite. Okay. Yeah. You guys all still in the midst of this spiritual experience that you had with just the smell of the campfire giving you any kind of sense of being in the physical realm with a cloud of dust dodge lands next Iron to Man the fire. style, baby. Uh, somebody's coming. Put that shit away. Uh, okay, okay. And then you hear a voice. Everybody? All of you. And it says, hey, no, it's just me. No worries, y'all. I was out hunting. And, and you hear the crunch of feet approaching the campfire. And you hear a voice that you recognize. And it's the voice of Indrika from the Kahava estate. And she emerges into the orange and black firelight. And you see she has a bloody belt of rabbit corpses strung over her shoulder. And her bow casually placed on her other shoulder. She says, I was out hunting and uh, I heard a, well... Some I hadn't heard in a long time. And what was that? What was that? Yeah. <laughs> what, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I reckon it was that, uh, that... Boy, you did find it, didn't you? She plops herself down next to you, Alok, with Judas between you and her, and she throws her bow on the ground. She says, well... <sighs> Sounds like y'all have had a time. Uh, and she throws the this string of rabbits across the dirt. It's been a long night for me. I suppose uh, if y'all want, I got some food, if you don't mind. Uh, hopefully, hopefully whatever whatever you were doing, you know, my my map helped you out. Uh, how how was Johannes and Strozzi? You don't know? And she looks at you, Biggle, and her eyes are kind of watery and tired and she says no I don't know I don't know nothing they're all dead hmm <laughs> yeah that's that's about right um what do you mean by that she stares at the ground a little bit and then looks up at you yon yon and says I can't tell you how many days I've lived the same day like I've been buried up to my neck in the dirt just to watch the seasons go by. And people will die. People will be born. And I'll just keep on keeping on. Without any meaning. Yeah. They're dead? That's sad. I had a feeling something's wrong. Uh, well. They were suffering. I don't think that is the best word to describe it. They were suffering? Seems like a long time. I wish I had feelings to feel for them. I don't think I do anymore. I, I, can, I can stand behind that. <laughs> anyway, how are things? <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she looks around and says, I was just out hunting. Matthias, roll a perception check. 
she's thrown her bow onto the ground. And it is a very nice-looking bow. And she looks over at you, Alok, and she says, Is that you? Done, done just played that chord? What are you talking about? <laughs> play? No, I don't I don't play games. And she's not looking at you in the face as you're saying this. She's looking at the harp. Oh, I thought I hid this harp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did, did <laughs> yeah, you try and I hide it. it? Yeah, I tried to hide it. She says, I, I could have sworn I heard some music. I don't... Are y'all musicians? She looks at you, Dodge. Don't look at me, miss. <clears throat> Stay far away from that kind of... Yeah, that's probably for the best. I can't even whistle. <laughs> Biggle, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Nickel told me he'd talk to you. And? <sighs> Why are you being so weird? I'm sorry. I just... And she stands up and grabs Judas. And with a lightning quick speed, with the speed of starlight heading to the earth itself, she pulls a dagger from her boot and holds it to his deck. Whoa, whoa! I'm gonna need that harp from you. Uh, boss, did you see a harp? Uh, uh, Judas, it's, it's gonna be okay. Just chill. She says to you in Elvis Yon do not begin to pretend with me. Where's the harp, Alok? My hand is sliding down towards my dagger. Where's the harp? Yeah, Alok, you're gonna have to give me that harp, or I'm gonna have to kill this sad boy. Judas looks at you, Alok, and he shakes his head ever so slightly. And Drico holds the dagger closer to his neck and says, "Nah, nah, 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 nah." nah. <laughs> I'm edging ever so slightly towards them. Okay, uh, give me a stealth roll. That's an 18. She doesn't seem to notice. She's too busy keeping Judas still. Pardon me, Hendrik. It seems that we, uh, is there some, uh, subterfuge going on at the moment? Um, there's no subterfuge. Um, you did just grab our companion and put a knife to his throat. Um, is there any way that we could, uh, bargain in this situation? Let me ask you, if you feel as though everything you've ever done was the most futile thing, that time is laughing at you, do you feel like you would want to bargain, or do you feel like you would want to do whatever you could? I'm going to stamp. Could I, could I try one thing before that? <laughs> um, <laughs> why don't we roll initiative? <laughs> okay. Definitely make a move after hearing her say those words. That's a nat 20. That's also a nat 20. (laughs) 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 Um, Matthias, Nick, the player Nick, I've been unfair to you most of this season, and I will let you say one thing before this (laughs) this goes off. I cast Charm Person. Um, Okay. She is an elf. Yeah. Yeah. No, cool. Yeah. Well, she's hostile. So there we go. We're doing it anyway. Uh, she says, 
I'm a little far gone from that, my young friend. All right, so 20 for Dodge, 20 for A lock. I also rolled a 20. I'm a plus one. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you guys and your fucking rolls at the end of this season. She's, she's hey, not going to survive, dude. <laughs> I got a nine total. He's not going to survive. <laughs> Remember earlier, when I was like, is, I'm really bummed that I get a shotgun, somebody. Just to be clear, is this Casa's mom? It is not. Okay. Stepmom? No. Casa's mom no relation. had the name no relation. Lin Wei. Okay. So it's like the maid. Um, oh, pair. You all would know that elves in this world, and she has told you as much, very wealthy elf families, noble elf families, are able to enlist a basically a lead guard. It's their servant, it's their warrior, it's their champion. Um, these champion elves are raised from childhood to be such. And it is the most noble thing they can do to serve a noble elf family. And Andrika had suggested as much earlier on when you first met her that she that's that was her role with the Cahavas. Matthias, what was your role? No, she's gonna get stabbed. Uh, one. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Uh Dodge, what was your role? That was a twenty. Oh, I had you. Uh Biggle. Um, I also rolled a twenty. Just kidding. I rolled a nine. Okay. Dodge, before you attack with your dagger, I want you to be aware of something. Okay. Which, as you grab the dagger, you feel a feeling course through your body. And it's almost, it's almost like pity, but in the way a wolf pities a fawn. Like, it would be best for everyone it would be right and correct if you ended this elf's misery couldn't agree more you can go ahead and make an attack roll and you can make this attack roll at advantage Ooh, baby. double ones <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hit it real hard Suck at rolling dice. Uh, that's gonna be a big twelver. Maybe I'll use my inspiration. Uh, you can't. It just gives you oh, advantage, yeah, which you right. already had. Just kidding. Twelve. So you, from out of the shadows and out of her peripheral vision, come up and stab her, or attempt to do so, and your dagger hits into chainmail that is underneath her tunic. I'm gonna use my bonus action to. Disengage. Okay. And Great. fly straight up into the air. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> Look at what you started. You kill us all. 30 feet is my move. All right. So Great. like 20 yon, feet yon. into the air. Judas looks at you and just in complete terror with his eyes watering, nods. You know, I was going to wait to do this, but I guess it has to happen now. Fucking witch bolt, dude. From the wand? Yeah. You pull the wand out of your belt, and how many charges do you want to use? I'm going to use the six. Okay. And do you want to use the seventh charge to give yourself advantage on the attack? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wait, I'm not going to wait for it. 
That is a nat 20. Yeah. That is a nat 20. What is, roll. Nat, what is that? God! She's burning. Nat She's 20 burning. to level 3 Witch Bolt, dude. Go ahead and roll Stop. damage. What is that? 6d12 and then add my... Another 6. Uh, hold on here. No, it's let's, 3. Let's get the, no, let's three, get the six, numbers six, six, right six. just because this is going to be gross. Wow. So you pull this out yeah, and... This fucking electricity comes from it and it's just like my eyes are just... Awesome. Yeah. Just <laughs> in full rage. Like, I know that they're going like down. Awesome. Yeah. This campfire <laughs> was the only light source yeah. and it is nothing compared to the white hot center of the sun that emits from your wand. That's 3d12. Right. So, so 6d12. Yeah. Trap for me. That's gonna be twelve. Oh my god! Wow, that's twenty-three. Gonna be three. Twenty-six. It's gonna be nine. Uh, Thirty-five. Seven. Forty-two. Uh, another nine. Fifty-one. Uh, that, that's it. Okay. Holy oh, shit! <laughs> she drops Judas and falls to one knee and Judas scurries across the earth you can just see her hunched over looking at the ground Alok, what would you like to do finish him I want to reach behind me mm-hmm. and grab Habsies mm-hmm. and just chuck it at her in a straight line okay and I believe she has to make a deck save uh, yeah. is that correct uh she must make a deck save. She looks up in time to see you hucking this axe and rolls across the dry ground. Your axe barely misses her and buries into a tree behind her. As you do so, the harp that you have tucked behind you is momentarily visible, but she does not see it. Instead, she whistles and three dogs fae-like dogs appear around the campfire between her and the rest of you and they <laughs> growl and she stands up charred parts of her blackened she looks at you yon yon she says in elvish that's a pretty good trick, but not quite good enough. And then I want to action surge. Okay. And throw my other hand axe at her. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Um, yeah, that's a 10. In slow motion, as this axe comes through the air, she pulls out from behind her this giant longsword that you all had seen in the Kahava estate. Nick, I believe it was last session where you mentioned Ch- Chekhov's gun, and I, it took everything in me to not chuckle to myself because this is Chekhov's gun, this longsword. She holds it up, and as though the stars themselves come rushing into her sword, and I need every single one of you to make a constitution saving throw. How far up in the air are you? You do not need to make this safe. Oh, maybe that's 
or <laughs> no, plus two to, to a total of fourteen. Great. Uh, you you make it, Matthias. Uh, Twenty. You see the light of these stars being sucked into her sword, and some elven instinct within you brings you to close your eyes. Alok, from behind the tree, this light isn't as potent. Yon Yon, what did you roll? I rolled a fifteen. A similar instinct in you, Yon Yon. I got my rose colored glasses, dude. I'm good. <laughs> Biggle? You've had enough, Biggle. I don't fucking know. I just stand there. <laughs> and Dodge, you don't need to make this roll high up enough. Now there is, similar to the light from your witch bolt, Yon Yon, there is a radiant light emanating from this sword. And she comes stepping in next to her three dogs. There's like a, a black veininess around her eyes. And she just says, I need that harp. Just give it to me. Who has it? And she's swinging this, this bright sword around. Who has that harp, guys? I, <laughs> which one of you assholes has it? Biggle, what would you like to do in this moment? I need it. Go home. You don't understand. We'll kill you. Go home. Give me a persuasion. Seven. You don't understand. I just need the heart. I need a way out. I need a way out of the quicksand. Three darts of force blast into her, and she, with each one, kind of stumbles back. And yeah, with each dart, she kind of stumbles back, and all three of these dogs look at you, Biggle, and then very quickly turn their heads to her who has stumbled back and you hear one of the dogs go as she stares vacantly at you and falls into the ground and the radiant light from this sword is immediately dissipated leaving only the mundane light of this campfire to illuminate this scene in that moment the dogs vanish, teleport away. And there is the dead body of Andrika and her sword lying as lifeless as her in the mountain earth. Yeah, maybe Alok, don't play that harp again. Uh, yeah, boss. Uh, yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, I like back down on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, didn't get, to get a chance to ask you guys. Did you hear that scream earlier, that loud scream? Suppose that was her, maybe, or you guys didn't hear that. We all had it. I mean, I no, none of you heard it. <laughs> Dodge was the only. Dodge heard a different scream. I guess Dodge heard a different scream than you guys did. Uh, I'm gonna walk over to her dead body. Mm-hmm. So is that a no then? Or? What do we do? What, what do we do now? We do we bury her here? Do we take her back? Judas looks calmly at her. 
And then he looks at you, Biggle, and says, this is hands down the most fucked up thing I've ever experienced in my life. I didn't want to do that. I think I wanted to do that. I don't, I don't think she wanted to do it. Well, why the fuck would you say something like that to me after something like I'm that? Not, I'm, no, I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming you. God. I think everybody's just a little bit tired. And- Judas, what the fuck is this harp thing? What the fuck was I that? I don't know. I don't know. I saw it too. It was fucking weird. Where the fuck why did we go? Why did you just say, hey, don't play that harp? Bad I stuff is going to happen. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. I just knew that Koss wanted it, and he knew it was important, and I knew that he thought it was important in a way that I didn't understand that he knew it was important. Well, is it going to do something like that when he plays it? I don't know. Oh, my God. I told you I could play it, guys. Yes, you did a great job. Yeah, that's totally what's at stake here right now, is whether or not you could play the fucking harp. Judas, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares that you can play the harp, and no one cares whether or not Koss likes you more than he likes me, and no one cares whether or not you're going to replace me. It doesn't matter. Wait, wait, wait. Koss likes me? It doesn't... It, it Jeez, doesn't... man, you need to sit down. You need to sit yeah, the hell I down right now. just needs to calm down a little bit. I'll, I'll walk over to the body of... Andrika. Andrika, and I'll like lay my hand on the earth, and mm-hmm. you'll watch the earth just kind of slowly start to mold and like take her body into the into the ground. As like, holy uh, shit, that's rad. Yeah, inspiration, cast, bro. Cast mold inspiration. Earth. Yeah, you mold the earth around her yeah, to take her to take her under. I go and pick up Habsies. Yeah, and my we'll also get another hand. sword. There you go, pick it up. It's, it's another. Now you have you. three badass weapons: the Habsies axe, the Giant Slayer axe, the, the Star Caller. Yeah, that's pretty tight. Yep, you just have a bunch of weapons, and I um, you can only be attuned to two weapons at a time, or two magical items exactly. at a time. Exactly. So I um, uh, I turn to Matthias and I say, "Hey, Matthias, uh, do you want one of these <laughs> these old long swords that I have, or or this old hand axe?" Uh, well, I'm not very uh, I guess I fond of the metal. Uh, it is it does not feel good in my hands. I'd prefer to have. Uh, do things that are mostly wood or, um, I mean, I, I like yeah. these daggers, they're small. <laughs> Damn it. These daggers are small to find. Uh, yes. a, a long sword, it does, it does not fit very well. Um, I mean, I'm sure we could find a buyer for them. Ooh, that's intriguing. Yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, I would, I would gladly give it to you, but. No, I mean, you should keep all of the weapons. You should put them all on your back. You should just be a, uh, a, a, a knife with many different blades. I don't know what you would call uh, like that. A, like a... A Swiss Army Joe. I was getting there, I don't know, I understand know what how the to... Swiss is. <laughs> that's, that's where I got stuck, yeah. <laughs> all right, so you, uh, Yon-Yon has, has buried the body of Indrika. And I say... Caused like, the earth to, uh, to I say, take no, like, whisper in Elvish, I'm, you know, like, uh, something dumb. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, it, I imagine it's a brief moment of reverence for Yon Yon, for better or for worse. You know, like she was a foe, but she was a friend at one point too, with a similar tangential understanding of life and death. Mm-hmm. Yon Yon blesses her corpse into the earth. Needless to say, it is a challenge for you all to get any rest this evening. Uh, I'm not going to be sleeping at all. I'm freaking amped. Yeah. yeah. And it is a challenge for you when the sun rises 
and you have to make your way with your rickety cart and your pile of loot that now seems a little less spectacular. No, dude, that vein stone, though. <laughs> yeah, dude, you have. And no we idea. got an extra sword too. Like we got extra loot out of that. Okay. Yeah, I we are really. All I do feel <laughs> no, no, no. I do feel very sad about Indrika, but <laughs> that vein stone. <laughs> Fair. Fair, yeah. Mixed and it, 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 it makes sense that you would be. Um, yeah. Before we leave, though, I want to go into the woods and grab some, like, vines and whatever I can and kind of, like, braid them together into, like, a sort of wreath situation and put them where Andrika was subsumed into the earth mm-hmm. um, as kind of, like, the closest thing to a burial. Great. I'm trying to, like, call back to what I saw at the statues yes. and, like... Put, at the Cahava estate. Yeah, to yeah. put kind of whatever I can to, like memorialize her fight you make this shrine for Indrika, and you remember the shrine that was made for linway kahaba at the creek's edge yeah, and so i lay i lay the wreath down you say mother orem may her soul and yours be one like the waters of the earth and sky and then we move on with heavy hearts to greater or lesser degree no i do have a heavy heart you make the two to three days travel back toward Clifftide. When you finally get to Clifftide, weary, dirty, smelly, five o'clock shadowed, except for you, Alok, with a giant, thick dwarven beard as a consequence of this belt that you are wearing, you see that the clouds have rolled in and it is colder than it has been in a while. And it sets in for all of you that the season has changed. Fall is here. And you make your way back to the headquarters of the organization of the Black Goblet on the southern edge of town. I'm just like <clears throat> feeling extremely paranoid and also, uh, nope, just that, just extremely paranoid. And so I'm going to be hanging back. I think I'm actually going to pop up like on the rooftops. Okay. Lickety split and kind of scout out, make sure we're not getting followed or. If you would like, you can roll noticed. a perception roll. Yeah. 12. From your vantage point, you are able to notice shortly before everyone else that there is a wagon parked in front of the organization of the Black Goblet. And you have seen this wagon before. It is the wagon of. Lepopo. Indeed. The Clifftide City Guard. And there are a handful of figures sitting on this wagon, bored. One of them you recognize. He's a tall, blonde-haired human with a huge sword and a piece of straw jutting from his mouth. In front of the building, as you all approach, they all kind of turn their heads and see you all coming up. The, the ones on the wagon don't seem to really do anything as they see you all coming. They just look and watch you come up closer and closer. And Judas seems very nervous. It's okay, Judas. I ain't afraid of no Poe. I, I oh kind of want to drift into the back of the crowd if okay. I can. Sure. And um, if I get the opportunity, I kind of want to maybe ditch the harp somewhere safe. Okay. Where would you like to ditch 
this magical heart. Only if I, I mean, if I. <laughs> no, go ahead. Please put it in a dumpster. <laughs> put it in a trash can. Go for it. They're also I'm sure the rat folk you. won't just, care. This is the painting situation all over again. <laughs> all right, no, no. <laughs> no, I don't want to stop you from doing what you think Alok would do. If that's what you think Alok would well, do, go I ahead. Just, I mean, I don't know what the vibe is if everyone's like, keep cool, keep cool. If I... If, I, I'm, yeah, I'm going by my definitely keep <laughs> The vibe is 100% don't sketchily try to hide something in plain sight in front of everybody. I will just say, Alok's not the type to take too much initiative. He's okay. going to follow the boss's lead. So if okay. the boss is telling him to be cool, he's going to be cool. We haven't done anything wrong. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, we there is no going... reason for us to act like going to our place wrong. of business it's, right it's, so so it's in my waistband underneath the belt big ol you you sense a lock a lock's anxiety and his uh uh and you see as the harp kind of pulled out a little bit and you just let's you not make any hasty decisions here yeah and as you all get closer all these guards sitting on the wagon watch you walking closer and closer and there's a figure leaning against the wall in the front facade of your business and this is a familiar figure it is a curly haired seemingly human female in very frumpy ill-fitting clothing uh sheriff sap uh what uh what are you doing ah there you are i uh you know i felt bad earlier we had a, a, a just a, just not the best exchange and there was some question about the loss so i i brought the warrant you were asking for and i was hoping and she takes this stub of a cigar and puts it in her mouth and then points her finger at the end of it and a little flame comes out of the tip of her finger and it lights and she lights this cigar and then grabs this stub of a cigar and blows a big cloud of cigar smoke and she says I was hoping we could just have a talk and we can do it here or we could go downtown And that's going to do it for this week and for this season. So, what does Sheriff Sepp know? What does she want from our heroes? And what was with the vision our heroes had when Alok played the harp? How important is the harp? What can Koskahava tell us about it? And what about the images of the Black Goblet on the boxes that Betty and Bartholomew had? And who even is Larry? Uh, to find all this out, you're going to have to tune in next season for Season 3, a season we are entitling... The Future Criminals. It's a season where the stakes are higher and the story continues. Uh, if you haven't done so already, be sure to reach out to us on social media or online. Uh, you can check us out at diceboys.com. That's boys with a Z. Um, we're also on Instagram. Uh, we posted uh, some pictures, uh, the map that Andrika drew for the players. Um, 
uh, some maps that I drew for the players uh, just to hand out, hand them out, uh, just to give you a little bit more of a, what it feels like to sit at the table with us. Um, and we'd love to hear from you. So yeah, please reach out online if you haven't already. Uh, tell your friends about the podcast. Thank you to everyone who has. Thank you to everyone that's written us a review, and thank you to everyone who has just shared kind words with us. Um, I I am over the moon enthusiastic about uh, the things people have said, and it, it just feels really great, and I really appreciate it. So um, before we go, I want to make sure I extend a thank you to our friends in the band Beach Party for letting us use their song Carelessly Defined off their album Broken Machine, and I also want to say thank you to the incomparable Matt Marble uh, for letting us use his song Tomb Suba off his album Twilights. If you liked that track or if you've checked it out um, and you want more, I definitely recommend Matt's album Inner Airs. It's one of his more recent releases. Um, it's f- I would I would compare it to some of like the ambient work that Brian Eno's done or maybe uh, some of uh, Harold Budd's early work. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. Again, improvised ambient pieces that uh, was inspired by atmospheric recordings, natural recordings. Uh, please go check that out um, if that sounds like it's up your alley or even if it's not. Experience something different. Last and most importantly, while I have your ear, I just need to say that uh, there are a lot of you out there who are, I'm sure, have your own D&D group or have your own game group, but you know, not everyone streams their game on Twitch. Not everyone gets to go to, you know, some convention and sit with, the, you know, members of Wizards of the Coast and play for a huge audience. And not everyone has a podcast of their game. And those things can be really legitimizing. But like the most important thing is that you continue to do what you are doing. It is so important to be engaged in this collective collaborative process of imagining yourself in the skin of another person to me that it just that has so much moral and ethical potency uh, now more than ever so please do not stop keep at it and remember the right play is the fun play